and welcome back to the Caffeinated Future Counselors podcast. I'm your host, Abby Vaughn, and today I am joined with counseling psychology senior, Luke Shearer. Hey, Luke, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you today. You can't see him, but he's smiling. Um, A little about Luke. After graduation, he intends on pursuing his master's in pastoral counseling, um, specializing in both addictions counseling and in crisis and trauma therapy. Long-term, he is looking to work in ministry in some form. His favorite counseling psychology class he's taken at TFC is Human Sexuality Over Winterum with Dr. Vickers. Um, His favorite music genre is opera, kind of cool. And last, when asked what his favorite caffeinated beverage was, he said, and I quote, water. (laughs) What's the deal with that? Are you not a caffeine person? I am not a caffeine person. No? Which I get a lot of flack for, but... Yeah, I mean, college student, senior, the title of the podcast is Caffeinated Future Counselors, and he doesn't even like caffeine, (laughs) but water's good for you, keeps you hydrated. Well, thank you for having me on, despite my lack of caffeine and Yeah, yeah, of course. It was your topic that really sold me. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about living holistically, kind of what that means, what that looks like. Um, We have several questions here that we're going to be discussing um, and getting Luke's expertise on. The first question I have here for you is, what does it mean for us to view ourselves holistically? Um, Well, quick backtrack, I I would uh, say less of an expertise and more of a collection of of thoughts that I have. Um, But yeah, this is um, something that I thought a lot about. Um, So one of the classes that we all have to take as counseling psych majors um, is theories of counseling and psychotherapy uh, with Dr. Brock, um, who we love very much. (laughs) Yes. Um, Especially if she's listening. (laughs) That's true. and the, one of the big projects for that class is designing your own theory of uh, counseling and psychotherapy, um, which is really cool. And it allows you to kind of take all the pieces that you've been learning and put them into um, kind of your own idea of how that would work. Um, so I spent a lot of time with mine um, thinking about this idea of um, holism, trying to capture um, all the different aspects that make us up as humans. Um, and how we kind of forget about some of those um, on occasion. So if you'll allow me, I'll illustrate it this way. Um, There are, I I kind of identify seven different, if you want to call them aspects, uh, which I I use the abbreviation, um, or acronym rather. Yeah. um, Press BC. So P is for physical, R is for relational, E is for emotional, S, spiritual, and then another S is sexual. And then the BC is um, behavioral and cognitive. So seven is a lot, but I think all of those seven capture um, most everything that we we do, we say, we think, we feel, mm-hmm. um, and we, also we experience. Um, so to, to illustrate that, if, if I have COVID-19, Uh, That is a problem that is strictly physical. Mm -hmm. So seeing a counselor isn't going to help me with my problem because ultimately it's just a physical problem. Mm -hmm. So even though they might be able to work with me on changing behaviors, um, they might be able to assist me in getting rid of negative self-talk, they're not going to be able to really address the problem that I'm struggling with because they're not trained in that regard. Right. However, to change it a little bit, if I have a sexually transmitted infection, 
Um, same thing, it's a physical problem, so no amount of counseling is going to really help me there. Uh, but the root of that problem might be sexual promiscuity, mm-hmm. which a counselor could help with. Right. So even though they can't address the, if you want to call it the presenting problem, if you trace it back to what what's actually causing this um, all the way back, that's actually something that we can work with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's helpful both as counselors and as just humans uh, existing um, to kind of examine why am I actually feeling this way? Um, like trace it as far back as you can um, and recognize that we're not just like bodies, we're also not just emotions, we're not just the people who we hang out with, um, but that it's kind of all of these things coming together um, that make us who we are. Yeah, that's really, really great. I really like that acronym. Can you repeat it one more time? Yes, it's Press BC. Press BC. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. I like that a lot. Um, I know we do kind of talk about how um, like as humans we're different because we are physical beings, but we also have um, emotions and mind, and so it's like a mind spirit body type of thing. And so I really like that breakdown a lot. Um, It's definitely, it can be helpful for us as counselors for sure. Um, Second, kind of just piggybacking off of that, why is it important to have a good grasp on these concepts? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll start specifically as counselors. We talk sometimes about um, medication to use, to not to use, when is it helpful, when is it not? I think uh, if you're really attentive to what we've kind of already been talking about, of examining the root causes, uh, where is this actually manifesting from, uh, it really can start to clear up um, a lot of the confusion about, is it, is it going to be helpful long-term for this client to take medication? Do they need it short-term to deal with a physical problem um, that's affecting them emotionally or in it, any of the, the areas that I mentioned? Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's helpful, and obviously not just for that, but if you can kind of expand that to all the different ways that counselors are trying to help people. Yeah. Um, I think it's very useful to kind of take a step back and, and work with a person on, well, why are you feeling depressed? Oh, so you're telling me that, you know, your, your dad just died. Okay, well, that's relational. Maybe we need to trace this back a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really good, really good. Um, it reminds me a little bit, Luke and I are both in um, a counseling for addictions class, and we actually just got back from um, a trip to a facility, and we kind of talked about how um, people with addictions aren't just addicted because, and it's really not even about that substance, it's about underlying issues. And the counselor there talked about how um, she's there to help people do those underlying issues, because even though um, this byproduct kind of of um, like substance abuse that comes um, from having to deal with these problems. So I feel like it could be helpful if counselors did kind of take this approach to look underneath and look for root causes instead of just the presenting problem. Um, I definitely feel like maybe working through those could definitely help the presenting problem like as a byproduct, if that makes sense, like a, um, primarily focusing on underlying and then secondary, like it just kind of resolves as a result. That's really good. Good stuff. 
Yeah, the uh, even the the B in the acronym Press BC is behavioral. Yeah, right. Which I think encapsulates things like addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're exactly right. Where she was sharing about how addiction isn't necessarily just the end all um, for her, and how a lot of the people at that treatment center, and we've learned in the class at many treatment centers, are dealing with trauma or um, relational strain or just lack of relation in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really fascinating how all of those pieces work together. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, for sure. Um, Kind of a third is how directly can we practice this as um, future counselors and just as people in general? Um, How can we look at those root issues and think more holistically? I think it comes pretty naturally to those of us who are counseling psych majors. Uh, We are learning as best as we can how to stop and pause, um, listen to what the person's saying, be attentive to um, things that they might be expressing without directly saying, hearing the inflections, taking note of any kind of um, word or phrase that kind of stands out or flashes my attention of, oh, I need to touch on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, putting things on the back burner, yes, like kind of a reminder, like I do need to come back to that, yes. definitely. Um, so I think this ties directly into that. Um, taking a step back, working with a client, hearing their story, mm-hmm. uh, being intentional to ask, pro- maybe not probe is a good word, but yeah. <laughs> allow them to talk a little bit further into the issue to get to some of these root causes or even just what factors are contributing to this. Uh, Maybe they didn't cause it, but maybe they're uh, affecting it negatively um, or growing in one of those regions could uh, help you see some growth or some progress in those areas. So I think it comes pretty naturally for us. Mm. Um, I think that it can be harder for people who don't have that same training of being aware of maybe how other things are affecting them. And I think that as counselors, part of our job is helping people to do that, to be self-aware and to examine, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this Mm -hmm. way? Um, How can I deal with this feeling appropriately? So, yeah, I don't know if that touches on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And then my mind kind of goes into, and we talk about this a lot in class, like how would you, um, like, handle a client that was, um, uh, I want to say resistive, but I'm not sure if that's, like, the right word, Um, and, like, kind of thinking about how you would handle that. Do you know kind of, like, what I'm talking about a little bit? Just somebody who's resistant to treatment. Yeah, like maybe resistant to like resolving those root issues. Like, how do we handle that? Because that's definitely a big one. Yes, that is certainly a great challenge. And I wish that Dr. Vickers were here to share (laughs) many of the stories that she has of the clients that you're describing. But that is an interesting question. And certainly you can't force anyone to see what you're seeing or to um, take the steps that you think would be helpful. Which makes it hard, especially when you know that those steps would be really good for them, Mm -hmm. that they could experience some growth and some change, um, that maybe some of the problems that they've come to you with would uh, either dissipate or they would just be able to manage a little better. But uh, I think hearing them, listening, um, just affirming that you're there for them, that you care about them, Mm -hmm. 
that you're not really saying anything for your own benefit or because someone told you to, right. but you're, you're there for them, you care about them. I want to see you, um, you know, get past whatever it is that you're here talking to me about. Mm-hmm. I think that this is something that you should look into or that we should wrestle with or talk through. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you can't, can't force anybody right. to talk about it if they don't want to. Yeah, yeah. And that definitely also kind of ties into building good rapport, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you build that trust and that rapport, um, it does make it a lot easier, not only for you as the counselor, but for the client as well. Um, and then another really good thing that um, I was kind of thinking about when you were talking is that as believers, we also kind of have an advantage in knowing that, um, you know, we do have the power of prayer and that, you know, God can change anybody's hearts, whether they're believers, unbelievers that kind of thing and that definitely puts us at an advantage um, during counseling and everything um, for sure yeah so um, next um, is kind of what does self-care look like Um, how can we practice self-care and how does practicing self-care relate to holistic living that is an excellent question this has been helpful at least in thought, I'm still working on the actual practice. and We maybe, all are, yeah. <laughs> maybe one day I'll get there, but I'm getting less and less confident the, the more I'm alive that I'm ever going to get to the place that I want to be with self-care. Oh, change that negative self-talk. Put those positive <laughs> thoughts in there. You will get there. We will help Luke get there. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that uh, the, the Press BC idea is helpful for self-care because... At, at least how I had conceptualized the idea of self-care before is um, very narrow-minded about am, just am I um, engaging in good spiritual practices and am I staying healthy emotionally? Mm. Didn't really touch on any of the other spheres or aspects of, um, of what I've mentioned earlier. But when you actually look at self-care, what does that really look like for anyone, but especially counselors? Mm. It, it always includes stuff like exercise, um, stuff like uh, fun hobbies that you can uh, express yourself, um, be goofy with, yeah, um, yeah. which start to touch on all these different areas. So I think some of the most effective self-care is that that is very holistic and you kind of capture uh, not just a tiny piece of who I am or of how counseling and hearing some of these tough um, and and just heartbreaking stories and uh, things that people have gone through, how that's affecting me might not just be emotional. Um, it might not just be um, that spiritual I mentioned earlier. There was, I can't remember the name of the book, um, but the author was sharing about how he uh, was getting these t- horrible migraines and he was so concerned about it, he actually went and got an MRI. Uh, he thought he might have a brain tumor or oh something gosh, like that. Wow. And uh, they didn't find anything. He seemed to be perfectly healthy, and he found out that it was his lack of self-care wow. was manifesting itself in these migraines. So when he was able to take care of himself and, you know, after sessions with people, um, to breathe and <laughs> to... Um, exercise and play and do some of these things that we know are good for um, 
for self-care, those migraines went away. Yeah. Which actually now I'm remembering, it's the Crisis and Trauma textbook. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that sounds familiar, but I was trying to figure out where it was from. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Were you in um, the counseling skills class with Dr. Vickers where we had to do a self-care plan? Did y'all ever do that? Do you remember? I, I honestly can't remember when I was in skills if we did that, but we just did that um, a few weeks ago in senior Oh, that's awesome. Um, if it's the same, like, format, she had ours, like, in different categories, and it was, like, physical, what you're going to do, like, emotional oh, for, like, yes, self-care, yes. like, that kind of thing. And that is, like, just kind of exactly like what you said about how it's important to how um, burnout and stuff, it can affect all aspects of the body. So you have to, or not of the body, but... Um, just all aspects of ourselves and um, that, you know, you do have to take care of all of those. And that obviously looks different. You're not going to take care of um, your physical body the same way you are your spiritual life. Um, And yeah, um, do you think that self-care can look different for different people based on maybe personality, gender, age, that kind of thing? Mm. I I would definitely say yes, Um, especially with things that revolve around exercise or play. The same thing, or one thing that might be fun or uh, kind of a a release of stress for one person may actually increase stress for someone else. Um, Like I could never do, sit down and do a puzzle. That would would freak me out. But I know people who that's their happy place is just to sit down and put the puzzle together. Mm. Yeah, I could could never go to an opera and listen to it and be calmed by that, but. But you probably could. I could definitely. Yes. <laughs> That'd be good self care. <laughs> uh, um, as counseling psychology major, something that we are taught is the importance of relating to others and kind of what that looks like. Um, can you explain why relating to others is important in terms of um, living holistically and sort of what that looks like? Hmm. Yeah, this actually kind of reminds me of um, what the peer counselor was sharing at the addictions facility just a, an hour or two ago of how a, a lot of addicts will, in a counseling session, will express, you don't know what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't been through it. You don't know how I'm feeling. You just don't understand me. Right. Um, so you have to be really intentional about communicating, like, I'm a great listener. Explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that really conveys um, the importance of being intentional about hearing people and then expressing that of uh, Dr. Vickers talks all the time in counseling skills about reflections and yes. expressing, okay, I hear you. This is what you said. Is that right? Because um, that, that helps the person who is trying to express here, okay, I'm doing a good job. They're tracking with me. I can keep going. And I don't need to, like, keep explaining myself or um, go back to something that I thought I had already touched on. Right, definitely. Yeah, and certainly when we're talking about uh, living holistically, um, I think it's very easy the way that our culture works, but also it feels like how we're just geared to think. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, well, I'm the only one who's ever felt this way or I'm the only one who's ever struggled with this particular uh, feeling or behavior or whatever. 
Um, so part of relating, I think, is coming alongside and affirming and saying, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I right. know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Um, like, it, you're not a weirdo mm-hmm. for feel, feeling that way or thinking that. Because um, we can highlight, well, physical problems are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Spiritual problems are a big deal. But some of those other ones don't really matter that much. <laughs> Which you could see where that would be very harmful for somebody yeah, to, to be thinking of, well, this is just like... It's just depression, you know. I don't have cancer or anything it's just like depression, that, right? Isn't it? Yeah. So to come alongside those people and say, "Hey, that's a big deal." Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. It, like, I know what that feels like. Why don't you um, express to me how, what that looks like for you? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that touches on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Touches. Yeah, it's definitely so important in relating to others to definitely, um, if you do understand, you know, tell them you understand. Um, another thing we're taught as Um, counseling psychology majors is the importance of education and educating people on um, what's normal and that kind of thing because um, like you said some of these things aren't really talked about um, some of these aspects and so it's important to educate them in that yeah what you're feeling what you are feeling is normal Um, I will say if you don't understand definitely don't tell someone you understand I um, in some really hard times in my life I remember the most influential people and it wasn't even counselors it was like literally peers um, telling me like I would tell them something and they were like I don't understand so help me to kind of understand kind of like what you were saying and I think that can be so beneficial as counselors we kind of um, we try to relate to others sometimes and say oh I understand when we really don't whereas you know if you tell somebody you know I don't understand tell me and then use things like reflection of meaning reflection of content reflection of feeling to make sure you're getting it and that kind of thing and clients will tell you right off the bat either yeah you're on the right track or no you are way off like you're so off um which is always so funny because they are they're so confident like no you're you're not even close um and sometimes that happens sometimes we're not close and that's okay too um it's a process and it's a learning experience for sure but yeah definitely definitely a lot of pastors, especially, but people will reflect on Job um, from the Old Testament. His friends did so much wrong in relating to him, but the one thing they did right was just sit and yes. be with him. Um, I'm sure they did a good bit of listening in those seven days, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a powerful testament of how often we want to just say, I know what you mean. Good luck. I've got to go and do something else rather than sitting and taking the time to understand, okay, well, what are you feeling? What are you going through? And yeah, it'll go so far with somebody who is really struggling in any aspect, you know? Um, Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I want to ask you also, how can taking on this view of holistic living kind of broaden your perspectives and why is it important? Yeah. I, I think that if you haven't thought, of, at least if you're like me, and you haven't thought about this a whole lot, uh, it kind of takes you off guard sometimes, where you, you expect everything to revolve around just a few, like, I am physical, I am spiritual, and, and then maybe you pick one of the other, um, the other five, which is ultimately unhelpful. 
because then I'm expecting all of my experiences to just be f- explained physically or spiritually, which is not the case. Right. Um, which sometimes conceptually I understand, but then how I actually live that out is, is very different. Um, so I, I think it's very helpful to kind of open open my eyes at least to it's okay to have emotions like I, I don't have to just have what I would deem as spiritual emotions of yeah. okay well I'm joyful and I can't ever be sad or anything other than joyful okay. um, even things like um, cognitive like what what am I telling myself all the time how is that affecting me oh okay I'm telling myself that I'm not good Maybe I should change that because that might be affecting um, some of these other areas, like my emotions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. sad all the time. Um, so it's it's been fascinating for me. The more I think about it, uh, the more I find, like I, I, I'm certainly not suggesting that we are like seven. I'm one eighth physical, yeah. one eighth, but how all seven of these are overlapped and um, how they kind of. Uh, form who we are and how much when I don't take care of myself in one it it starts to affect the rest because I am you know one person and all of these make me up Um, so I think that's been the most fascinating thing to kind of learn about and certainly there's so much more that I am excited to explore as I think more about it. Right. Yeah. The seven broad categories. I do feel like um, most of the time people use the three like physical, spiritual, emotional, and that's it. And it is more than that. You know, if you have three, you can't really categorize things um, like cognitive. You know, you're kind of like, well, that's kind of emotions. But um, talking to yourself like like negative self-talk, kind of what we were talking about, um, that obviously plays a role into emotions and then it can play a role into physical. And so I'm kind of picturing like a big circle, how they're like all connected. And like, that's just so cool to me, you know, how um, like one can affect another, but they're separate, but they're like together, kind of like that's really, really neat. The the graph that I used to illustrate it in uh, Dr. Brock's class was a flower. The the center was uh, just the individual. And then there were, at the time it was just six, but now there would be seven petals that are all overlapping with each other and also with the the center of the flower. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but if, if you can kind of picture it that way, I think it's helpful to envision um, if you're more of a visual learner. Yeah, that's awesome. You need to like get that framed, put it on the wall somewhere. That's awesome. I like that a lot. Um We touched on this a little bit, um, but I am still a little bit more curious um, about how holistic living kind of looks for people in different ages or developmental stages. Um, Is there maybe one generation that is more in tune with the holistic side of things versus another? Hmm. Yeah, that is an excellent question. Uh, I haven't done a ton of research on the the generations specifically. I feel like if anything, we're getting better at recognizing um, all of these different aspects. I feel like emotions were, um, a, well, a lot of counseling in general was kind of frowned upon, especially by the church. Yeah. Unfortunately, the church frowns upon a lot of very helpful things. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're getting there. We're, we're getting, getting better. better. We are. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting better. better. So I, th- I think that we're starting to make some progress, um, our generation is at least in understanding a little bit better of all these different pieces that make us up. Um, 
I think that it would be very helpful if parents started trying to train their kids to um, notice these things about uh, themselves, uh, asking, okay, like you're you're angry, you're kind of throwing a temper tantrum. Why is that? Let's let's talk about it a little a little bit mm, yeah. um, to kind of start even at a young age to open their eyes to oh okay so I'm I'm angry because like Johnny was mean to me mm-hmm. um, or I'm angry because I'm hungry right now and I just need some food uh, and it's fine right. Um, I think that would help a lot as then they grow up into adolescent and then adulthood to with some of the, um, I don't want to say bigger issues, but being an adult comes with a lot of new things. Right, definitely. Um, to be uh, more equipped to recognize all of that. Um, but of course, that involves the parents understanding that as well. Yes. Um, but I do think that we are, we're getting a lot better at yeah. recognizing these pieces. Right. I would agree. Definitely. Um, yeah. As time goes on, it seems like we are um, moving less towards like a stigma and more towards like acceptance. And definitely this is included in that, um, which is really good. Um, just personally, like hearing all this, I feel like it could really be a game changer for, I mean, if individuals kind of took on this approach and this perspective, like it could really change um, individuals, how they related to each other, like kind of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's even interesting because I, I keep saying it so that it, it's easier to remember, but the press BC, the, the R is um, for relational. Yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting to think about how that affects the other atmospheres, um, or the spheres, I guess, not atmospheres. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, you could be a person who's physically healthy, emotionally healthy, um, has good behaviors, good uh, cognitive processes, a uh, healthy sexual life, and healthy spiritual life. But if relationally something big happens, you could really be struggling, um, and that could affect all of the other six uh, realms of your life. Um, and that's something that I hadn't thought about a lot, of how especially with the relationships, how much they affect um, how I'm feeling or what I'm telling myself or even physically how I feel. Um, Like uh, if I'm around someone that's stressful to me, like I'll shake or I'll feel sick to the stomach. Um, So it's just fascinating to see how it's not as if, you know, relationships are over here on the plate and then over here is like how I feel physically or emotionally, but they're they're also connected. Yeah, they're um, not all independent. They can mm-hmm. be independent, but they're not. Like yes. it, it can be both, yeah. right? But then if I go and try and treat my um, uh, stomach feeling poorly by taking Tums or by um, trying to eat, eat um, a salad or something Uh, ultimately i'm not addressing the real issue which is the person who i'm stressed out about Um, so i found myself in a lot of those experiences where i'm like why is this not helping me i don't understand all the books and all the websites (laughs) say this should be helping me yeah Um, but i was kind of missing the point right yeah because then i mean every time you see that person it's going to start all over again you start it's a cycle it is it's a big cycle um, until you reach that root problem Um, how do you kind of know if there's like a deeper problem there or if it is something um, that you know is more um, i don't want to say surface 
surface level, but maybe like independent um, and doesn't have like a deeper meaning. How do you um, recognize that? Um, a, a lot of talent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still working that out myself. How how do you recognize once you've reached like the last one? Because sometimes it can be a couple steps of, okay, I trace it back to this and I'm, I'm feeling sad because of this reason, but then that happened because of this over here. So I think a lot of it is having good counsel, um, having a lot of different people speaking into your life, yeah. um, being willing to open up and share, okay, this is what's going on. Tell me what you see that I don't. Because um, a lot of times it's easier to see what's going on in another person's life yes. <laughs> than it is to see what's going on in your own. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also why it's helpful for, as counselors, to have some good resources for people, especially for like a, a physician, um, different doctors that someone could go and meet with, maybe having a pastor or someone more on the spiritual side that they could meet with, um, rather than just assuming I'm gonna be able to address whatever problem you come to me with. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I think th the biggest thing that I can do and that other people can do to kind of open our minds to see what's actually going on is inviting other people in um, to kind of pinpoint and say, hey, look, look at this. You, you've got your blinders up right now yeah. and you've completely missed how this is affecting you. Yeah. Um, combined with pausing. Um, which is very hard because we like to go and we like to do everything possible, but taking the time to sit down, take a deep breath, yeah. have nothing to do for half an hour or an hour if you can spare that much time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's stressful even to think about giving up an hour. Uh, yeah, we do. We live in such a fast-paced world, and especially being college students, it's like we are always on the go. So taking time to pause and reflect, so important, so important. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. This is all so good, such good stuff. Um, what is a main takeaway you would give someone who is wanting to pursue a life living more holistically? I, I would recommend taking, if you wanna draw out the flower diagram that I mentioned earlier, and analyzing which of these do I neglect? Which of these has never been on my radar before? Um, and which ones do I overfocus on? Mm. Um, from there, you can kind of, um, again, either talking to other people or just taking time to reflect. Well, how can I be more in tune with um, my emotions or what I'm telling myself uh, cognitively or w what I'm doing behaviorally that is um, causing me to feel a certain way? Um, taking time to think about that um, and then yeah seeking advice from others on how can I be more aware of this um, what are some unhelpful things that I've been doing um, or, or not doing yeah um, that have contributed to me not being aware of that um, and then also recognizing the ones that you over focus on um, and being willing to say okay well maybe not everything is a spiritual problem um, which can be very hard for some people. Yeah. Uh, maybe not everything is a physical problem, um, but just trying to grow in your awareness of um, all of these different atmospheres. Um, and then also as you engage with uh, friends or peers, um, having your eyes opened to 
um, what they're going through, how they're feeling. Maybe some some ways, not in like a overbearing, you've got all these problems and I know how to fix it, but to yeah. say, well, have you ever thought about this? Um, have you ever thought that maybe you're you're feeling this way because you've been so stressed out about this relationship mm-hmm. or um, maybe you are struggling with this behavior because of something that happened um, a while back that you haven't dealt with yet. Right. Um, so I, I think that would be what I would share. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. Um, it's definitely kind of based on what you've been telling me. It's a learning process. It's more becoming self-aware, definitely. Um, I know even kind of like you said, you know, as a counseling psychology student, you still don't have it completely figured out. Um, And so, I mean, it shows that um, it really is a learning, you know, being able to kind of learn more about yourself and, um, you know, asking others what they see. Um, That's really good. Really good. Um, The last question I want to ask you today, and it's kind of shifting lanes a little bit, um, but as a senior, you've been here all four years, you've gone through all the classes and everything, finishing up the last couple ones. What is one piece of advice you would give to somebody who has either started the program, looking to start the program, maybe um, almost done with the program, just one piece of advice you would give? Wow, that's really hard. <laughs> There's one, so much, Only right? one piece, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'll share two anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're good. One is take as much Dr. Vickers as you can. <laughs> um, she is an excellent professor. Uh, she has so much really helpful experience that she shares along with the material mm-hmm. um, that helps helps you understand, like, because sometimes theory is just hard. Um, not that it bogs you down, but it can just be difficult to understand. Well, what does this really look like? Right. I don't un- understand why you would ever do this. Mm-hmm. She's really good about saying, I have a story for you yes. <laughs> that will show you why you will need to do this at yeah. some point. Um, I've made the mistake before of saying, like, this is so dumb. And she's like, Abby, I have a story for you. This is why you're going to need it. And I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. (laughs) The other, I think, would be, um, I mean, really just soak in the classes. It can be easy as a college student. We've already talked about how busy we like to be. Yes. But to kind of just glide by everything, um, just submit the papers and the assignments to get them done and to graduate. Um, But to take the time to really learn and soak in the information that um, you're being presented with, um, because certainly at least the alumni that I've spoken with and Dr. Vickers often has a board with um, feedback from people who've graduated from the department. Mm -hmm. They've always said how well um, the professors in the department as a whole has prepared them for grad school, for their career, regardless of what type of counseling they worked in, Um, just how well it equips you to do those things. But if you don't soak that in while you're here, you may not be as well equipped. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. I mean, you're right. We are busy. And sometimes it's hard to soak it in, reflect, actually, uh, maybe even like ask questions and that kind of thing. But it is so important. And um, I would agree with you. The quicker you learn how to do that and not just glide by, the better off you're going to be. Because, yeah, if not, you'll blink. You'll be in your spring of senior year getting ready to graduate and thinking, oh, my 
my gosh, like, what did I even do? What did I learn? Like yeah. that kind of thing. And you know, you did, but it's like, you know, how, how can I like actually apply this? And the program is designed and built for success. Um, yeah, that board he's talking about, it's in Tim's and it's got all kinds of success stories on them and pretty much a common thread with all of them talks about how much the program prepared them for grad school and becoming counselors and that kind of thing. And it really does if you let it. Um, But that's the important thing of taking a minute and letting it. That's really, really good. Well, it was such a joy to have you on the podcast today. Um, Yeah, yeah, of course, a lot of fun. Um, This was really cool, like learning, living more holistically. Um, If you want a signed picture by Luke of the flower diagram that he created, find him on campus. I'm sure he would love to do that for you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I just like completely made that up. So it's good. He's got, he's good on that. Um, but yeah, if you will join us next week, um, we will be discussing equine therapy and seeing um, what that kind of looks like. Um, thank you all for joining in and I hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Bye.